Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rufus Rundown Podcast. It is your boy, Rufus, coming to you live from the Blueberry Drive studio. A new FIFA video was released on my YouTube Sunday, so if you guys haven't checked it out yet, please go check it out. But we are coming to you live from iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And there's a lot of news in the world, wide world of sports. And I'm going to kick it off with the Boston Celtics getting blown out by the Raptors last night. By a score of, uh, I believe it was 118. 118 to 95. The Raptors blew out the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics were outscored 36 to 13 in the second quarter. Um, and it's just pretty representative of how the whole season's gone for the Celtics. Not according to plan. And as usual, Kyrie Irving was doing his uh, normal bitching and moaning routine in the postgame, so I'm going to have that audio for you guys now. Brad talked about just defensively, guys been taking shortcuts. Um, so do you see that, and how do you guys fix things like that at this point in the season, do you feel like? I don't know. It's up to Brad. Marcus said that you guys aren't playing together. Is that a fair diagnosis? Is Marcus in pain? Is it yours? Now, Kyrie played, well, horrifically bad last night. Only 7 points in 27 minutes. So, not your usual Kyrie Irving game, or what you expect out of Kyrie Irving. Marcus Morris was the leading Celtic scorer with 17. So, anytime where your leading scorer has 17 points, and then on top of it, it happens to be Marcus Morris, you're probably not going to be looking too good in that game. But my question is, with Kyrie being all fed up on the sidelines and, you know, dishing it out to Brad Stevens and, you know, not responding to the togetherness, of course the team's not playing together. The team has nothing to prove, or at least nothing to prove to anybody except one person, and that is the person who's supposed to be the superstar of this team. Kyrie, when you asked for the trade away from Cleveland, you never had to take any of that heat. It was always on LeBron. Being the star of a franchise doesn't mean just outputting the, the best statistics. We know you can. You you you're the most talented player, it, it, uh, currently involved with this Celtics franchise. We we understand that. You're gonna put up the numbers, but that's not what all with being is inclusive to being a star. No, it, it's about being a leader. It's about being the face of the franchise. And then uh, early in the season, it started off with him not with him complaining about the lack of leadership in the locker room, and it's just snowballed to here. So my question to Kyrie is. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go to New York with with the worst owner in sports? Oh, but it's okay because Kevin Durant's going to be there, right? Is Kevin Durant going to leave Golden State to play with your whiny ass? Golden State's been to four straight finals. They've won three of the last four appearances there. And honestly, they're, they're going to go to five straight this year, most likely. Barring, the, I, I think, the Rockets the, being the best chance. But, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit. But odds are it's going to be the Warriors winning four of the last five chances going to the finals. So, Kevin Durant's going to opt is, is going to opt out there to go play with your whiny ass in New York. Right. Because because you're selling yourself right now. It, it'd be different if it, I mean, if you weren't producing if you kept your mouth shut. So, Kevin Durant's going to pass up all that. To go, also, one of the thinnest skin players in the NBA, who I think is now in second to last place to Kyrie. I think Kyrie has the thinnest skin in the NBA. I don't understand what Kyrie expected when he became the face of the of this Celtics franchise. I mean, 
Did you expect it to be just basketball being the face of the franchise? And on top of that, did you expect it to be just basketball? No media, no nothing, just just basketball in Boston? On top of all of it, did you expect it to be just basketball after you're doing one-on-one sit-downs with Rachel Nichols and you're saying talking about max spots open and in the public and outside and when you respond to certain people, other people are going to expect responses out of you. So that you, you can't respond to who you feel right to respond to, especially in the city of Boston, especially in the city of Boston. And then just when it's questions you don't want to really want to answer or you're pissed off, you just can't go out and answer them. Listen, this is the most media-frenzied town outside, the most media-frenzied town in in all like of major U.S. sports. It, it is. It, it's It's crazy. And it, it just gives me memories of the whole David Price situation and, and how he, his interaction was just painful. What his interactions with the media were just, they hurt. They, they were just, they would claw at you. They would physically cause me pain. I'd have to I'd close my ears, close my eyes. I couldn't do it. Especially as how the fact the guy wasn't performing. So when you go out and struggle like that, like that, and then you can't, you don't want to go out and say your piece, it, it just reflects poorly on you. So if you're trying to sell yourself to say, Kevin, "Hey, KD, come play with me in New York," you, it, the New York Knicks have the worst owner in professional sports, the worst owner in all of professional sports, arguably, I guess, but in my opinion, worst owner of all professional sports. So you want to take one of the already known, one of the thinnest skin players in the NBA. Bring them there with you and build that up so when one thing goes wrong or it doesn't happen as quick as it's supposed to or you guys don't bond together as well as you think you're going to, it's going to be a nuclear explosion. It is going to be the Chernobyl meltdown Madison Square Garden edition. The uh, effects, the lasting effects of the radiation will be 20 to 30 years. It'll be lasting effects in this franchise if both if they sign both Durant and and Irving to max contract extensions. It's going to be a mess in New York. Oh, Kyrie, do you want to go to the Lakers? Right? Because obviously the Lakers have it together, right? With LeBron James. They clearly have their shit together out in, in, with the Lakers. You want to go work out with that LeBron dysfunction? The guy that you've already wanted to get away from? You want to go back and play with them with that roster of kids that doesn't want to play around LeBron? Much similar to you with all these young kids don't really want to play around you. Mainly you being the issue and lacking the leadership to be a face of a franchise that you wanted to be so much. Did you expect it to just be basketball? You just go out there and play in professional sports? In the city of Boston? Is that what you expected? Absolutely banana lands crazy if you think that that's what it was going to be. So Marcus Smart coming out and saying the team isn't playing is not together like in the past. Of course they're not together like in the past. They have nothing. They're not. They don't have that underdog status. They don't have a. They don't. That's what filled in for that leadership or lack of leadership. All these young kids just had something to prove. Now the only person they have anything to prove to is Kyrie Irving, and he doesn't want to listen. He doesn't even want to be there. It doesn't look like he wants to be there. So, as a Celtics fan, it's painful. And like I said, I've said in the past podcast, this is not a better franchise without Kyrie Irving, his talent. Maybe he doesn't fit into this team, but if this guy doesn't step up and understand that there's a certain amount of leadership that we we so desperately need in this team. And, and I'll drop a famous line. It was, it was used in response to LeBron and his 
talks about politics. This isn't really politics. It's just the actual basketball. Shut up and dribble, Kyrie. That's what I'm asking for from you. Shut up and play the game of basketball. I'm sick of hearing this spoiled attitude. Did you expect it to be easy? Did everybody in the Celtics team expect it to be easy? No, they've had something to prove year in, year out. And they wanted to do that again. But did you walk in and expect us to, you know, just eat up the minutes and everything because of your name to Brad Stevens? A guy who's worked with teams with far, far less talent and succeeded much more? Given it was in college, it's a different scene, but this guy is able to get the most out, out, out of the least. You're the best that he's probably had. So you, you want to leave the best executive in all of the NBA. Danny Ainge is going to rob the Pelicans blind to get you Anthony Davis and get some of these guys you consider problems out of the out of the locker room. He is going to rob them blind to bring in Anthony Davis. And maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jason Tatum goes a deal, which would just send me over the edge. I don't know about that with the deal. But Danny Ainge is doubling down on you, sitting at your locker, talking to you, trying to get you to say the best executive in all of basketball. You want to go play for the worst owner? Or do you want to go play for Magic Johnson and LeBron in LA? The guy who's traded away D'Angelo Russell, who's now leading the Brooklyn Nets to a playoff spot and is an all-star. Lonzo Ball's out hurt. The whole team's in dysfunction because LeBron and his sports agent leaking all the information to try and get Anthony Davis there. Basically selling out all of his teammates. You want to go play in that dysfunction? You want to go play with another thin-skinned player in Kevin Durant for the worst owner in professional sports? Or do you want to stay with the best executive in sports, the, one of the best coaches of the NBA, especially up and coming, he's young, he's just, with one of the ro- deepest rosters, most talented rosters, and the roster with the most pieces to make moves for a bigger superstar, a bigger name. You want to leave that. You're so spoiled rotten that you want to leave that. You just want it to be easy for you. You wanted to be the face of the franchise, Kyrie. You got it. So you can either take this one on the chin, let the rest of this season just you know, slip from your grasp, or you can step up and play some basketball down the stretch. Shut up and dribble. So next up, I'm going to keep with the NBA. The Houston Rockets rolling with CP3. Now they lost out of the break to the Lakers. That's really the only bright spot for the Lakers so far. But now they've won two in a row since. And Chris Paul has is, is the keys to the city in Houston. So James Harden, his 30-plus uh, points in, in, in consecutive game streak, I believe, ended at 32 games. And I'll tell you why that's great for the Rockets. His usage rate can go down. He, you, you, get, you can give him some active resting. Play him for less minutes. Give him less touches. Let it take less of a toll on his body. It's a great thing for this team to have Chris Paul back and be able to take the load off of James Harden. They beat the Warriors. He didn't even score 30 points. They beat the Warriors and he didn't have to score 30 points. That is incredible. All this time, he was basically holding the place until Chris Paul got back. Now they can finally settle into a rotation. Rest of the guys. There's a minutes restriction on Chris Paul. Perfect. Keep him healthy for the playoffs. They're gonna. It's it's. I think it's happening for the Rockets right at the right time out of the break. This is where it really comes down to where it really matters. They get some seating. They can definitely make some moves because I don't think the Nuggets are really for real. Uh, the Thunder, I think, are really their only um, competitor, in a sense, for that two seed. So I think the Rockets can definitely make the jump. Um, like I said, beating the Warriors um, in Golden State. Now they have a big uh, matchup going. they got to travel to Charlotte now. Uh, but the addition of Kenneth Fareed has been incredible. 16 points per game, 10 boards, and a block per game. So it's just, I mean, Eric Gordon shooting basically 50% from the field. 
He's a great knockdown three-shooter, so they definitely have the right lineup and the right pieces in play to go toe-to-toe with Golden State and really make a good run down the stretch here. Like I said, I basically, I mean, I think it's most likely going to be the Warriors, but the team with the best chance right now when CP3 is healthy is the Houston Rockets, especially where they're playing right now. Not just because they beat them last night or beat them Monday night. Uh, I've been saying all along, my, my bold prediction for the finals was Celtics-Rockets. And why was it bold for the Celtics? Well, look at what's happening right now. I, I said way back when that it, it's it, should it be easier without LeBron in the East? Yes. With Kyrie? Yes. But is it guaranteed? By all means, no. The, the, the Sixers have an incredible starting five now. Not the deepest roster, but when it comes to playoff time, you don't really need that deeper roster. The Bucks, Giannis has been one of the best players in basketball this season. Favorite to win MVP now, uh, which is on a whole nother note. I believe it should be Paul George. Um, the Raptors, who have played very well, whether Kawhi steps up in the playoffs is another thing. But in terms of the West, it's going to be Rockets, Warriors in the finals out there. And I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, uh, series. I, if Chris Paul can stay healthy, they have a very, very, very legitimate chance of beating the Warriors and going to the finals this year, I believe. I think that's the best chance, the best when when the rocking and rolling with the right rotation and, and a healthy CP3. But how often is CP3 really healthy? And there's no guarantees of that. So that's something to keep an eye on down the stretch. I think the, the Rockets by far have the best chance to knock the Warriors out in the West with a healthy CP3 and Fareed dominating like he has down the stretch. So now I'm going to flip it over to European soccer. Um, and now there's been some crazy stories in the past in the U.S. between Aaron Hernandez, O.J. Simpson. I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit that's gone on in, in, in the sports in the United States. There, there's been a lot of shit that's gone on. A lot of wild stuff. I'm not going to deny that. But there's some shit that happens overseas. There's some headlines that I read that just really, really blow my mind. And I'll start it off with this one. Josh Yorworth receiving a four-year ban for playing soccer. Uh, he's a he's a player in the Football League One over there in England, which is essentially like single-A soccer for the English Premier League. But it's 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 not like they're an affiliate of the upper teams. They're like a separate entity. So it'd be like the Red Sox playing like, I don't even know what the single-A, like, like Lowell. The Lowell Spinners. But the Lowell Spinners being their own organization, not attached to the Red Sox. It, it, it's, kind, it's hard to explain. Maybe look into it yourselves if you don't understand how like the whole league process and everything works in England. But they're not anywhere near where the upper levels of the Liverpools and Manchester Uniteds are. Anyways, he received a four-year ban, two of the years coming for avoiding an anti-doping test, and another two for taking cocaine. Uh, it was let go by the team, uh, uh, placed for Petersboro. Um, and I, there's some stories that go on in soccer, man. Football, soccer, uh, whether it be the Colombians uh, with, with the World Cup where a couple of players died because the drug cartels had him killed. Um, players that, like Jack Wilshere smoking, uh, managers that, like, like players smoking, even in like the higher level or the lower levels of soccer basically being your local beer league soccer or beer league, like, softball, but it being considered a professional aspect or... Lester coming up from all the way down there, or Jamie Vardy coming from down there. There's so many crazy stories that go on overseas. Like I said, I, I know the U.S. has had some of their own, but soccer is so consistently full of all these crazy stories. Um, 
and I'll and I'll just go right into the next one. I mean, it happened in the same week. Uh, Keppa, and I'm I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. It's not happening. Uh, you can look it up. Just Keppa, Chelsea goalkeeper. Look it up. You can try and pronounce his last name. I'm not going to sit here and try and do it. And, and sorry, the manager of Chelsea. So they're in the Carabao Cup final. Not it's it's basically like the Grapefruit League. It's basically like it's not spring training, but it the trophy doesn't mean anything close to what the FA Cup or the Premier League title. It's not anywhere near like the value of those. So it's not a very highly valued trophy. But anyway, the two teams there's money up for grabs with with, with competition uh, money. So anyways, Chelsea and Man City are facing off in it. So uh, Chelsea and their training staff. The physiologist, the physio, believed that Keppa had been had picked up an injury late in extra time. So sorry, the manager wanted to bring Keppa off and bring on Willie Caballero. Now Willie Caballero is obviously the backup goalie, but not only is he a backup goalie, he is a penalty specialist. And also on top of that, was just recently transferred from Manchester City, his former team. They're, who, what team are they playing again? They were playing Manchester City. So he's a penalty specialist, and he knows the guy he's going up against. Like obviously, it's still a guessing game as a goalie when it comes down to penalty kicks. But penalty kicks were coming right after. So even if Kepa's not injured, it might be Caballero. But the last time Kelsey went to penalties, Kepa stayed in net. So it was certainly. But like I said, Caballero was a former Manchester City player. So it, it, a lot of it becomes hearsay. But anyways. Long story short, get to the point of it. Keppa refused to come off the field. They put the number up on the board. Caballero for Keppa. Uh, Caballero was set to come on. He was warmed up. He was ready to go. And Keppa just said, no, nope, not happening. Like, I'm healthy. I mean, it wasn't like it was just a blatant denial. But like, he was trying to tell him that I'm healthy, I'm healthy, whatever. Like, but they still wanted to make the substitution. Because like I said, Caballero is a penalty specialist and a former Man City player. Safe to say that just just for penalties alone, the guy's gonna have a, a better a better idea. You know, a lot of it coming down to luck. Well, at least he can kind of break it down a little bit and have like that like even the slightest mental advantage, which I guess in penalties would be huge. As much luck is involved, any type of advantage you can see, take it, especially in a cup final, no matter how big the cup is. So Kepa refuses to come off, and not only does he refuse to come off, he misses what would be a, an easy save for any goalkeeper. I'd say relatively easy. It's, there's nothing easy going on in penalties because, like I said, it's all guessing. He can hit one right down the middle, and you can consider that easy. Like, why didn't you just not move? But it's a complete guessing game. But he guessed right and just didn't outstretch his arms enough to get to it, whether injury coming into play or whatever it may be. They're set to take on Tottenham today at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and they're not sure if he's going to play. He was fined a week's wages by the club. Um, it was a mess in the media all around. It's not a good look for Chelsea. So a big Premier League match today. Whether he'll be in net or not has yet to be seen. I have not seen the announcements. By the time this podcast is out, there might be an announcement or, or not. So it's certainly something to keep an eye on. And another crazy story to add to the the soccer world. I mean, I know so many of them go on, but it, it's just crazy to crazy to think that a guy would refuse to come off. It'd be like someone... Like a pitcher wanting to hit, or uh, like someone saying, "Oh, we're gonna bring on the pinch hitter for you now," and just him and the, and the hitter refusing to to come on. So certainly confusing uh, process there, and how that all worked out. But keep an eye on it. See if Kepa's in net today. 
uh, or whether it be Caballero, we're yet to see there. So next up, I want to take it back to American sports. Nolan Arenado signing an eight-year, $260 million extension with the Colorado Rockies. And it so obviously that puts him deep into his career through the middle of his prime. The, so as a Red Sox fan, I really would have liked to have seen him resign, sign with us when his free agency was up next year. Not the case, but he doesn't have an option to opt out after three years, which would put him right at the prime age of 30 years old if he want, if he knew he could get more market value, which isn't out of the question. I mean, 27 years old right now, in his first six MLB seasons, he's received a gold glove in all six. He's a four-time All-Star and has averaged 40 home runs and 126 RBIs in those past four-time four All-Star seasons. Uh, it has a full no-trade clause. Uh, Arenado being my pretty much my not my favorite non Red Sox player. Um, Arenado, such an incredible talent to watch at third base. Has I mean has great power regardless of whether he's in that launch factory up in the mile high or not. Uh, his defense is second to none. I think he's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. Machado can give him a run for his money. So does Matt Chapman. Uh, Matt Chapman being his former high school teammate. But I just Arenado is so much fun to watch. There's not many people you can just say baseball highlights and sit there intrigued. That I mean, if, you, if my thing is with baseball is you either love it, you're gonna love it, or after battle you're gonna hate it. There's really no in between. He can draw people to the game the way he plays it. The plays that he makes will drop your jaw. Much in similarity to Alex Bregman, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, guy Mike Bryce Harper, guys like that. They, they can really bring like fans to this game. I still think it's a little bit boring. I mean, him resigning with the Rockies is a little bit boring. Like, if he goes to a team like the Red Sox or the Yankees, they make a trade. It at least, you know, makes this MLB offseason a little less boring. Because let's be honest here, Machado to the Padres, him resigning with the Rockies, Craig Kimbrell is threatening to sit out. It's been a very, very boring MLB offseason. And to touch on the, the Kimbrell stuff, I mean... Why would you sit? It's, this isn't like football. And even in football, I think it's going to harm Le'Veon Bell. It's not going to work sitting out for a year. Why would... Teams don't want want to pay you that kind of money because they don't think you've proven to be worth that kind of money. So what does sitting out a year do? Because you still haven't proven that you can be that guy that they want you to be to pay you that much money. Whether it be staying healthy or whether it be production, all of the above. They want you to prove it, and you re- and you threaten to sit out. Why not sign a one year deal at- somewhere, especially in baseball? So teams are not willing to give you that money because you think you're worth the value of a two or three star, even a one starter, and a, and a team's rotation. And closers in general don't have that kind of value. Not to mention the fact that you gave Red Sox fans everywhere a heart attack every time you stepped on the mound in the playoffs. Teams want you to prove that you can go in one, two, three in the ninth and shut them down when that when that moment ha- when that moment comes. Not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. That's why they don't think you're worth that money right now. So, what is sitting out a year going to do for you in terms of being able to prove that? It, nothing. It's going to do absolutely nothing, and you're going to be a year older and still trying to prove that. No, no. No, Craig, sign a one-year deal somewhere. I'm sure every one of their mother is now giving your agent a call. I'm sure it was it was down to the Braves and the Red Sox, but now that you want all this and threatening to sit out, 
I'm sure everyone and their mothers called you and gave you offered you a one-year deal, aside from teams already the closer. But even then, whatever value they can get out of you to prove something, they're going to take. So, Craig Campbell, my advice to you, sign a one-year deal somewhere. Uh, just sitting out would be the worst thing that you could possibly do. And, and the whole way the whole market's set up and all these slow deals and everything like this, it's only hurting the game in the long run because these guys are coming in late in the spring training, not getting their full workouts in, and they're going to end up hurt. They're going to end up signing one-year deals, trying to prove themselves, and throwing out an arm or blowing out a hamstring or getting injured because of how this slow and boring the market has been. It's not good for the game for guys to be si- waiting all this time to sign in San Diego. I'm, I'm, I get that the Dodgers, Red Sox, and... Yankees can't sign all the all the great players. I mean, we kind of break it. Small market teams do exist, but at least for big money or something. I mean, that's what they did the Machado, or at least bring it all together. It's been so slow and slow boring. Like if Harper goes back to the Nationals, what was all this for? If Harper goes to the Phillies, what was all, what was this all for? The only way you can kind of amp up this offseason a little bit for the MLB is if Bryce Harper signs with the Dodgers. So, so we'll move on to that point. Arenado for $260 million over 8 years. Machado, $300 million over 10 years. Bryce will sign bigger and better deals than both of the two. And he will sign those deals with the Los Angeles Dodgers. We, uh, me and Zach Genovizos hopped on like what maybe a month ago, maybe more, and told you he's going to the Dodgers. They opened up a ton of space for him in terms of the salaries that they dumped and got rid of and sent over to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, they've, been, they've been setting up a couple more face-to-faces. And I think that... The value's been so up and down. It's like a cryptocurrency value at this point if you're looking at the value of these guys. I think Harper's going to end up in L.A. They opened up all that space for him. He's got an outfield spot. I, I think he's going to L.A. undoubtedly. He's, they're the new favorite in terms of the, the betting odds. They're the favorite. I mean, I'm not going to say bet on it. Just You don't know what's going on in the guy's head. You know, you just, it's luck. You're, you're flipping a coin there. Um, I mean, because it could be just as well be the Giants or anything like that. Don't don't bet on it. Good Lord. But they're the favorite right now in terms of odds. They're my favorite. And I think it's the only way you can amp up this offseason by signing with a big market team like the Dodgers. And it puts, I mean, not that the Dodgers are really out of contention now, but it certainly puts them right back in the favorites to go to the World Series, if not win it. I know I'm a Red Sox fan and all. But it's incredibly difficult to go back-to-back. So I'm not going to make those predictions until the end of spring training. My bold preseason predictions, basically. But Bryce Harper to the Dodgers. Uh, the Arenado deal is great for the Rockies. You're getting a great player in Nolan Arenado for years to come to lead that team. And they're a small market team, and they can certainly get on the up pretty quick. It's just going to be really difficult to do in that NL West that is so stacked with teams, especially if Harper ends up with the Dodgers. But don't rule out a little bit of a surprise year from the Rockies. I'm rooting for Nolan Arenado. I'll root for you guys as my NL team. I hope I wish nothing but the best to Nolan Arenado in the future. And I hope that he lights it up in the next coming years and is able to opt out and come sign the play with the Boston Red Sox. And not the New York Yankees. God, that would that would be awful. So I'll close it out with a well, just an absolutely wonderful story out of Jupiter, Florida, uh, in a 77-year-old man that you may or may not have heard of, or you may or may not have seen on your television once in a while, especially if you're from New England. goes by the name of Robert Kraft. And God, I can't believe I'm talking about a 77-year-old guy getting jerked off. I can't believe I have to do this right now. 
but it's what's going to happen. This is, uh, <laughs> got to do it. So one of the incidents coming on the morning of the AFC Championship game. Man, you got to to get his action in. Um, police, uh, it's been a first degree misdemeanor solicitation set to go to court April 24th. So he is obviously involved. His name was on the sheet. A uh, couple of 80, I think the real story here is though, that there's a couple of 80 year old guys in that list still, still getting it up and getting it going on. Uh, <laughs> uh, the story just hurts my brain, but we're going to power through it. Uh, my question is, is basically in terms of the incrimination of Robert Kraft, why doesn't Homeboy have his own masseuse? I mean, he's got he's billions and billions and literally billions of dollars. Hire your own masseuse, whether she's going to rub and tug you or not. Just if you really, I just can't make any sense of it. We've gone from Super Bowl rings to sex rings and it hurts my brain. It is so incredibly stupid for someone that smart to make that much money and run such a great organization. Jonathan Kraft, his son, the only one that's really connected to the family, must be losing, absolutely losing his mind right now. Dad, what in the hell are you trying to do? What are you trying to unleash in this organization? You know how this stuff goes. They suspended Tom Brady four games for allegedly deflating footballs. Never mind actually involving yourself in soliciting prostitutes. Now, I'm not trying to make a joke of this at all. Sex trafficking, uh, totally against sex trafficking. But Kraft is not at all involved in that human trafficking, in sex trafficking. He was just there getting the massage. I mean, paying for it. He doesn't know that they're being forced to do it or forced into it. He just, he's 77 years old. Um, His wife's passed away. He's a widowed male. um, And he just wanted a little bit of action. He's 77. He's lonely. I mean, at that point, he's got to pay for it. 77 years old, we're all going to have to pay for it. Uh, never mind if we have the billions to spend on it. So I don't know if they were slipping blue pills into his drink or whatever. Everything still works. It's shocking. It's a story I really just don't want to talk about. Um, but what else do we expect here? How else is he going to get it done? He's 77. All of us 77 are going to have to freaking pay for it or just not have it. One of the two. So... I think the whole situation is incredibly stupid, especially coming from a billionaire like Robert Kraft. Um, would not shock me in the slightest if Cadell was to take draft picks or do something or have him step down. God forbid. It's such a mess. But there's so many ways this dynasty could have ended. And if it if it comes down to an, a hand job from an Asian massage parlor, that's the thing that ends this dynasty. Oh god, <laughs> I don't, I just don't know. So yeah, of all the things that everybody's uh, the cliffs and everything that the New England Patriots was supposed to fall off of, a, a hand job to the owner of the New England Patriots could end all of that and the entire dynasty. Or reports are coming out that it was more than a hand job, whatever it was. I have talked far too long about this and had to think about it way too much and done way too much research on a 77-year-old getting action and having to throw in a tip for it. No pun intended there. I can't do it. So it's your boy, Rufus. It's all the time we got for you guys today. Um, Check out the new YouTube video. The new Liverpool career mode is out. I'll have more of that coming this week as well. 
Uh, I'm I'm get I'm piece by piece getting this website ready to be full launch. I'll have all these up here and backlogged and everything for you guys very very soon, most likely by the end of this week. Um, so continue to subscribe to the podcast. Um, throw a like on this. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Stitcher. Throw likes on it. Uh, just comment. And if you want to as well on iTunes, I would really appreciate you throwing up a good review on the iTunes. The more reviews, the better. I appreciate all the support, guys. But this is all the time we have for you today. It's your boy Rufus, signing off.